following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in the bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The word of the Lord. Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart while the shepherds went away rejoicing. Um, I'm a church kid, have been in church every Christmas for my entire life. Um, all 32 years of it, Um, which is to say I've heard that story read. I've heard those words about Mary treasuring the words and pondering them in her heart, I mean, at least 100 times and probably more. I'm 46, by the way. Um, But as I read them this week in preparation for tonight, I sort of had this picture of Mary that, that emerged that was a little bit different for me, and I had specifically this image of her pondering what the shepherds had told her. I think it's really interesting that it says everyone who heard the shepherds' report was amazed. I mean, first of all, probably starting with the shepherds themselves, right? Remember what had happened to them. You just heard the story. The Gospel of Luke famously says, in that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, which I take to mean minding their own business. Uh, shepherds, these were hard-working, blue-collar types of the, of the time, animal tenders. And as they were minding their own business, tending their flocks by night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, shining bright light all around them. And who among us doesn't like a nice bright light in the middle of the night? 
And by the way, the literal meaning of the word in the New Testament for angel is messenger. And so this messenger from God, shining bright light, tells the shepherds of the good news, this holy message that we would later come to call gospel. That the Messiah, God's long-promised, anointed forever king, uh, had been born in Bethlehem. And as if to further illustrate the point of these uh, working class people being part of the story in this way, this holy messenger told these salt of the earth types that the Messiah had been laid in a feed trough in a small little town not far away. And then suddenly, with the angel, as you heard, was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and proclaiming peace on earth. And I wonder if you can hear the angels and the heavenly host proclaiming peace on earth, crying out for peace on earth even today. Once again, those words ring true or not for us this year in a new way. So the shepherds decided amongst themselves apparently that they were going to go check out the angel's story and they traveled to Bethlehem. And just as the angel had said, they found the Messiah to be a baby lying in a manger. And of course, at that point, they had a story to tell for the rest of their lives. And if there's one thing that's true about shepherds, it's that they love to tell stories. (laughs) Um, We visited Ireland a couple times with my family, and uh, there are more sheep tenders in Ireland than there are in Rochester. And um, I do know know them to, to be the types who love to tell a story. And so these who had received the message had kind of instantaneously become themselves the messengers. They were kind of the angels themselves in this way. And so they probably told everybody, listen, you had better be sitting down for this. And they related all of the story to everyone who was present, the minding of their own business, the messenger of the Lord who appeared, the details about the manger and the bands of cloth, the multitude in the heavens, and the peace on earth. And the text tells us that all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. All except for Mary. We know that Mary had a different reaction because the gospel gives us that important little word, but. All were amazed, Luke says, But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. And that's the picture I have in my mind today. By the way, why was Mary not amazed like everybody else was? Because she already knew. She had already had her own encounter with the holy messenger of God. I'm guessing it was probably about nine months earlier that she'd had that encounter with the angel. And I imagine that she probably had gotten some mixed reactions when she chose to share her story. (laughs) I would like to say that something's changed in the intervening 2,000 years, but it probably hasn't changed very much, that women are not believed when they tell their stories. Maybe particularly when it comes to pregnancy. And in this case, a pregnancy that occurred before her marriage to Joseph had been consummated. And I imagine also that Mary had perhaps begun to second-guess herself. Was she really to be the vessel of God's blessing to all the nations of the earth? And so when the shepherds arrived 
and told everybody what they had seen and what they had heard. And it matched up with what Mary had seen and heard and had begun to experience. She treasured their words. And she pondered all that had happened to her. Now, stories are told and stories are retold. And this story had to be told and retold as well. And so it was as the years unfolded. And it makes me think about Mary as she grew older and as Jesus grew up around her. How many times she must have returned to this moment of affirmation that occurred for her when the shepherds came and told a story that was consistent with hers. How often she must have doubted her own experience and her own story and her own calling and how often she must have needed reassurance. It probably started the first time that baby woke up at 3 a.m., needing to have its ancient Near Eastern diaper changed, (laughs) needing to nurse to go back to sleep. It probably happened when he took his first steps or when he burned his hand on the cooking fires or maybe he got bitten by a donkey one day. I'm sure Mary needed a lot of reassurance when That baby began to go through puberty and from that day forward only spoke the single-syllable Aramaic words (laughs) and often disappeared right after dinner. I think she probably needed reassurance that her story was what she was told it was when he got into his mid-twenties and still wasn't married. Jesus, are you seeing anybody? Jesus, is there anyone special? You're the only special woman for me, Mom. I mean, he was the Son of God. He had the words at his disposal. By the way, if any of this seems too base, too common, too human, I'll tell you what St. Athanasius said about the incarnation, which is to say the embodiment of God in the person of Jesus. St. Athanasius said that those parts of our humanity which Jesus did not assume for himself, he has not redeemed for us. Which to me means that those parts of my humanity, uh, which I'm not necessarily the proudest of or which trip me up and drag me down and hold me back, what I believe about the incarnation is that Jesus took all of humanity into himself, that God in Jesus was fully human and fully divine. And that Jesus... Taking all of that onto himself means that it's redeemed in all of us. Mary must have needed even more reassurance when Jesus, at about the age of 30, decided to become an itinerant rabbi. Any moms in the room got your fingers crossed for itinerant rabbi? She might have been reassured and reminded of this moment when Jesus started to perform miracles and heal people. But it wasn't too long before he went afoul of the religious authorities and of the governmental authorities. And I'm sure that then her fear and her doubt increased. And I imagine that as Mary wept at the foot of the cross where they crucified him, she thought back to the night with the shepherds. Three decades before, it probably felt like three weeks for her. And she must have wondered for the thousandth time whether the whole thing had been a dream. 
But the shepherds, the shepherds had come and they had told her what they had seen. And I imagine in that tragic moment, the lowest point for any parent, she treasured the shepherd's words in her heart one more time. And I'm sure that she pondered them. And perhaps we can take a moment here to extract ourselves from this gospel story of long ago and ponder in our own hearts an achingly poignant reality, which is that this Messiah, who was born to humble means in Bethlehem, was a Palestinian Jew. So that on this Christmas, when the land that we call holy is being torn apart yet again by terrorism, by oppression, by hatred, by genocide, by xenophobia, and as Islamophobia and anti-Semitism rise in our own country, as they unfortunately predictably do whenever anything like this happens, we can perhaps take a moment and see in the very body of Jesus all of the humanity that is currently on display in Jerusalem and Gaza. We can see that in his earthly body, the God who participated in the creation of all the worlds assumed both a Jewish and a Palestinian identity. And we can then wonder, perhaps, whether St. Athanasius would be so bold as to propose that in embodying this form of humanity, Jesus had redeemed it, or whether, when faced by the gruesome realities of the world, St. Athanasius would join us in questioning whether the shepherds had heard the heavenly host correctly when they seemed to be promising peace on earth. Nevertheless, the story was told and retold. And as the baby grew into a boy and into a man, and as he became a teacher and a healer and a rabble-rouser and a prophet, as he was arrested and tried and crucified and raised from the dead, the people's understanding of him and their understanding of the story that the shepherds told grew and grew until years after the ascension of Christ into the heavens, the author of the letter to the Hebrew Christians would explain the true meaning of Christmas in new depth. And that author, whose name we don't know, said, Long ago God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. Which says to me that all other revelation of God before or since the time of Jesus, while valid and true and meaningful and important and worthy of celebration, pales in comparison to that revelation that was given to us in the form of a human baby. This Palestinian Jew who kept his mother up at every age, like every child does. This itinerant rabbi who ran afoul of every human authority to the point of being put to death. He was the exact imprint of God's very being. And he has made purification for the sins of the world, as the author of that letter tells us. 
All the sins of the world, by the way, the sins of our own, which are so hard to see, probably because they're so small and infrequent. The sins of other people, which are so easy to spot because they're glaring and repetitive and common. And even the sins of war and torture. I'd like to read to you a beautiful short poem by St. John of the Cross, and we're going to put it on the screen so that you can see it as well. It's called, If You Want. Here's what he says. If you want, the virgin will come walking down the road, pregnant with the holy, and say, I need shelter for the night. Please take me inside your heart. My time is so close. Then under the roof of your soul, you will witness the sublime intimacy, the divine, the Christ, taking birth forever. As she grasps at your hand for help, for each of us is the midwife of God. Each of us. And I would suggest to you that to the extent that we do not see the world experiencing the salvation and peace that the multitude of the heavenly host promised, it is because humanity has ignored the call to allow God's peace to be born in each of our hearts. And while it leaves us feeling utterly helpless and small to admit it, there is almost nothing that any one of us can do to stop the wars of our day. Lord knows there have been generations of faithful believers who came before us who wanted to end the terrorism and the war that happened in their own times and were unable to do so. What we are left with is the call to allow God's peace to be born in our own hearts, to become messengers of God's love in our own lives. And yes, I get it. That feels hollow. It feels like not nearly enough. It feels comically, almost insultingly meaningless to say that all you can do is let love grow in your own heart. But we have to resist the temptation to dismiss that as not enough. Because it is all that we have. And if we choose to turn away the virgin pregnant with the holy, to quote St. John of the Cross, saying that there's no room in the heart of our, or no room in the inn of our own hearts, then surely we will be contributing to the strife and division in our own spheres. And that strife and division, as you know, is prone to growth and multiplication, and I believe ultimately does lead to the death and destruction that we so often see around us in the end. And so this Christmas, I invite each of you to receive God's love. Perhaps for the first time to join Mary in saying yes to the message that she received, let it be with me according to your words. I invite each of you on each day to share God's love to the extent that you can understand it at all. And listen, it's hard to comprehend. The good news is that the perfect message does not require perfect messengers. As the prophet Isaiah tells us, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news. 
What peace can you announce in your own world? What good news do you have to share with the people around you? Whatever you believe, can you be a person who allows love and peace to be born anew in you each day? Will you be the midwives of God, allowing Mary to grasp your hand as Christ is born anew in each of you? Will you share the light that he brings, the love that he offers with all the earth? But that's too lofty. So maybe start by sharing it with the people right around you. Well... Um, One of my favorite moments of the entire year at Artisan has come once again. That moment where we have this symbolic representation of a little bit of light spreading out to become a lot of light as we sing Silent Night. Mel's going to come and lead us in this song. We're going to turn the lights off. um, And um, I think that we need some volunteers from the School of the Arts to come forward and light their candles and then share them with the people in the front row of each section, and then you can share your light with those behind you as we sing, all right? And if, if the soda kids don't come through for us, Christmas is ruined. I'm sorry. <laughs>
I hadn't planned on doing this reading, so I'm going to read it off the screen. <laughs> this is our benediction. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. May it be so. May you go in peace and uh, carry the peace of Christ forward from this place and have a Merry Christmas and a good and happy and safe New Year. Go in peace. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.